Welcome once again to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Thank you, dear listeners, for your delightful and continued interest in our podcast. We are an old world fairy tale themed 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast and an intrigue game. Tell your friends or leave us a rating and review. Okay, last time on Carrots and Suffering. Word of Silpha's seditious speech against the status quo clearly reached Lord Mentor, who immediately dispatched Cygnus Swanson, the ex-lover of our hero Silpha Lunari, to apologize for his past offenses and to reassert control of the situation with Silpha by bringing her back to court. It has come to my attention that I have let an issue of one of my most esteemed citizens brew for too long. I have seen it my personal duty to write this. Join me in court at your earliest convenience. Please return immediately. I have instructed Mr. Swanson to correct the error of his ways. Sable unearthed the hidden remains of the deceased archdruid of the Circle to Land. Feeling perhaps guilty at this outcome, Sable decides to try to get Yennefer Varathi to reincarnate Wu with a magic spell, but it's not clear she's going to do it. I am going to steal myself, and I'm going to use his gardening shears to cut off a finger. I'm going to say I'm so sorry, Wu. I'm going to see what I can do to right this. Our heroes enter the thorns. A mutated creature that our heroes term a land shark is drawn to the vibrations of the thorns cutting golem. With some quick thinking, Sable befriends the creature with the use of magic. Across the path that you have cut, which is a 15-foot swath of burnt, charred, and frozen vegetation waste lying on the ground, a hill forms as a shark fin crests out of the earth and crosses the path, basically making this almost three feet high mound of dirt that sort of pushes this fallen vegetation aside and it disappears into the thorns but it you saw it 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 is here and it is circling you jalen spoke to a sentient fairy tree which are keepers of history for humans who have tragically short lifespans compared to fairies in that interview she learned a few key facts jalen's mother is a fairy in the wild court whose agreements prevent other fairies from pressuring jalen into agreements Jalen's probably father, Kylan, is the Hound, a position that amounts to personal assassin of the Fairy Queen. His agreements prevent Jalen from contracting lycanthropy. The day before, he agreed to three murders that would exempt Jalen from his responsibilities and carried one out, murdering the fairy who lived below the sentient tree. I think the sight of tree itself is probably a little bit staggering. Tree's huge. We've never seen anything this big or this old. And you've never heard a tree talk. Okay, let's get back into it. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master. I'm Sandra, I play Sable the Druid. I'm Mandy, I play Jalen the Rogue. I'm Julie, I play Sulfa the Wizard. So you are just a few feet outside of the glade with the tree towering over the thorns. You still have kind of nine feet of thorns on either side of you, but you're in a nice 15-foot charred swath of destruction. You can, however, tell, because there was a couple conversations, that the thorns are, in fact, visibly already growing back and trying to reclaim what has been burnt up. Little runners are reaching out to the ground. It's The foliage is clearly regrowing. If you were so unfortunate as to stand here for two, three hours, you would be completely surrounded. But you still have a giant thorns-cutting robot, powered by hope. So, what would you like to do, folks? Silpha, do you need time alone with questions? 
No, I intended to ask the tree things specific to our mission, and I think it would be best if it shared those responses with all of us. Then I will nod and head back toward the glade. As you're about to step into the glade, you hear this groan from the tree. Sable, you're the only one who would recognize this. This is an acknowledgement noise that tree makes. It means something has requested permission to enter the glade and has been granted permission. Mm. And as you step in, you also see on the opposite side of the glade, the thorns part, and a large panther, slightly off focus, with giant tentacles on its back, comes stepping through, and you recognize Messenger. Like, off focus like he's blurry? He doesn't look like he's quite there. You've seen Messenger before, and you know that, like, his paw prints don't match where you see his feet. Like, he is weirdly out of sync with the world. I'll say to the others, as we're getting close, Messenger has come. Questions may, if you wish them to remain unknown to the Fairy Queen, may have to wait. I see. This uh, panther beast is kind of stretching out and then sits down on its haunches and starts licking the dirt out from its front paws. You are far from home, Messenger, I say as I step out into the glade. Indeed, I have been sent to treaty with you. I can wait, though. I have all day. Uh, my friends had questions they wished to ask. I don't think that they're wanting other ears to hear. Mm-hmm. All right, so he doesn't take hints. <laughs> Jalen will say, do you, should we get rid of it? I assume that your treaty is with all of us? No, no, I'm specifically forbidden from treating with two of you. Just you, Sable. I'll give a glance back at you two and head off into the thorns with Messenger following, and I'll make sure that we get out of what I assume will be his earshot. Yeah, I mean, he's a cat, so you go a little bit further just to be on the safe side. Yeah, well, and then I'll also ask him, will you be able to hear them from here? And he says, only some movements, probably not their words. But we'll go a little further then. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> All right, so let's do the tree first and then messenger. So around the tree is Jessica, Jalen, and Silpha. Silpha will like, exchange a glance with Jalen and then reach out and touch the trunk of this tree and begin speaking to it in Sylvan. Okay. Willow, I believe it's an honor to meet you. My friend Sable tells me that you are a historian of sorts, and we came here hoping that we could learn some things about the past. Well, that you have come to the right place. I can only speak in generalities, unless you are involved in the specific agreement in question, but I am happy to be your memory. It seems that we, the current living citizens of this kingdom, are being imprisoned and punished for some agreement broken hundreds of years ago, to which we were personally not part and never had a say in. Can you tell us how we can repair things? What does the Fairy Queen desire? Do you know what brought about the thorns? I do not know the answer to many of these questions, but I can offer you some thoughts. A bane can be reversed if the original deal is renegotiated. So if you can discover what deal was broken between Womb and those two parties can come to a new agreement, then you can break the curse. I see. 
Unfortunately, whatever agreement was broken was not logged with me. So you don't know who the parties were, even? I do not. There are three other possible sources of information. There is two more of my kind. One I can sense distantly back in the direction you came, and there is one north of here whose essence has become unrecognizable since the thorns emerged. But if this agreement predates the three of us, then the only one who'd have that information are the scribes in the Fairy Queen's court. Can you tell us anything about the Fairy Queen? Someone said something to me once that she was somehow different than the local fairies who were bound to her. I'm afraid she has always been the same since I was born. Her whimsies are... They have grown somewhat predictable. I could tell you her general tastes. My understanding is that fairies have an unchanging nature and a destiny they pursue. If she's really a fairy, what what does she believe her destiny to be? Hmm. And those who are bound in service to her, what, what do they gain? Hmm. I can tell you the trends I have witnessed for centuries, but I am afraid they are all assumptions. The fairy queen has never spoken to me directly, only her servants. But many agreements made in her name are logged here. She is an interesting creature. I can tell you she wishes for humanity to worship her again as they do the gods. I can tell you that she seems free with her power when it spreads it across the land. And I can tell you that she takes very special interest, particularly in the last two hundred years, for those of fey and mortal heritage. Sophie looks at Jalen and shrugs. Us, then. Jalen nods. Perhaps the only other thing I can say is that she is a creature of agreements. Not laws, but agreements. I am told that she is incapable of breaking them. And I can assure you that every agreement that has ever logged here, she has never broken. Well, if she may be the only party who knows the nature of the deal that was originally broken, is there a way we could access the Feywild for an audience with her? Mm. There are many ways to access the Feywild. I am afraid most of the means are not communicated to me, as I am not mobile. But I can tell you from the agreements made that powerful creatures of the Feywild can open gates back and forth at any time, that there are secret passages between the two worlds, and that there is one path that is always open and not controlled by the Fey. Where is that? I can tell you it is somewhere between here and, I assume, the castle, but I cannot tell you where or what it looks like, or anything about it, except that it has keys. And in the past, people have negotiated for the location of said keys. Did Glindy have one of them? For a time, she gave it willingly to this Riley. Riley Miev. Yes, we're aware of the key that he acquired. Hmm. 
Unfortunately, he promptly broke the agreement that protected him from the thorns, and the backlash was quite severe. My understanding, then, is that his agreement was not to aid any enemy of the Fairy Queen, and my conjecture was that he had inadvertently done so by speaking to this Glindy, who we hoped to speak to. I believe Glindy's agenda was served when she handed the key to Riley, and so his goal was inherently against the agreement he had made. What was your relationship to Glindy, Tree? Hmm. Glindy had a falling out with the Fairy Queen when the thorns rose. She has been hiding in neutral territory since. Within the shade of my branches is neutral territory. She comes and goes, but only under heavy guard, from the shifters that she captures and trains. A general question. When humans make agreements with fairies, it's in exchange for something that gives them power, or at least power over whatever desperate circumstances they may have been placed into. But why do fairies make agreements with people? What do they hope to gain in exchange? It seems like any fairy that makes an agreement in this kingdom does so with the intention that at some point that agreement may be broken to their advantage. There are numerous reasons, unfortunately, child. The fae are a rather diverse and complicated group. Individually, they may be quite simple, but together they are maddeningly complex. Like people, then? <laughs> yes. I am led to believe this is true. What I can tell you is that some find that the only way to change their nature is to make an agreement to change their nature. And they must do this with a party that benefits from that change, which is rarely a fairy creature. I can also tell you that some of them simply delight in their power. They are playing with you. Some negotiate for direct benefits, things they want, things that align with their nature. And still a few seem to grow more powerful around those creatures in which they have an agreement. It's as if, when near sources of magic tied to them, they gain the power to bend the very nature of reality. Sofa processes this for some time. While she's thinking about it, Jalen will say, Tree, you said that Kylan, assuming it was Kylan, left to the northwest. When was he here and when did he leave? I struggle with time, but he was here before dark, and he left at dawn. Given that the sun is nearly at its highest point, I can assume he has many hours lead on you, if you wish to catch him. You mentioned a Lord Mason, and recently it seems that the Fairy Queen has been agitated to war against the Masons. Hmm. I believe that most of the living masons would be blameless for whatever is causing her wrath. There is some piece of hair that I am missing and do not understand, but the Lord Mason you mentioned, what is the name of this lord? Hmm. I'm afraid he's known by many names. For a time, he simply changed it with each generation. This Lord Mason is ageless. He has been quiet since the thorns arose, though. Some might say missing. Is 
Is he here in this kingdom? Yes. Or at least, he was. Silpha turns to Jalen and says, I was conversing with your sister about information they have gathered about politics outside of the Thorns, and they are aware of the existence of a relative of the Masons on the outside. How can he be ageless? Is, is that something that would come from a fairy deal? The fairies can grant a kind of immortality in that a fairy who holds control over a location has such control as to control the fairy flow of time. If someone sat in her shadow, they could, in fact, be ageless. I can only imagine the fairy queen's reach is quite large. But, given the nature of the agreements regarding this Lord Mason, I do not believe he and the fairy queen were allies, nor do I think either one would agree to be in that presence with the other. Silpha will turn to Jalen and say, Well, the Mason line was once known for its magic, and wizards across time have pursued various magics that extend the lifespan, reverse aging. There are many means, most, well, most very taboo, that wizards have explored in order to accomplish this. Could I do an arcana roll to see, like, what specifically she might know? Well, you already know about the blood magic. Arcana? No. Give me a religion roll, but you have advantage. I got a 19. Without rolling arcana, you know that there's, like, wish spells. They're legend. You, you've never heard or met of anyone who can actually cast one. Only the most mythical creatures can produce wish spells. But your religion is sufficient to know that there are other ways of maintaining your faculties while living forever. Most of them involve dying. And you know from your study of the blood magic textbook that you got, a lot of that magic follows the same sort of rules that would govern the magic of a dead creature. With a 19, you can come up with a list of dead creatures, right? There's Liches. ghosts, you've heard of vampires, you've heard of mummies. You're sure there's more esoteric things you don't know about, but uh, like a 19 gives you a pretty exhaustive list. Silpha, being the arcane magic nerd she is, then launches into these, this frenzied, condensed explanation to Jalen of these various means <laughs> of which the lifespan can be prolonged unnaturally or some kind of twisted immortality can be achieved. Okay, so whichever one of those we're dealing with, that doesn't sound like it's good. It's bad. It's bad. And likely very powerful, if you can achieve such magic. So while you are recounting that, I'm going to jump over to Messenger. So Messenger, once you get to a certain distance, stops and says, Well, Sable, you've really done it now. I think in my entire lifespan... The Fairy Queen has not sent me specifically to make a deal in ever. In ever. You have some real leverage. Congratulations. Uh, is that what's in order? Well, it is extraordinarily rare for a mortal to, well, have any leverage. Well, what does the Fairy Queen want? <sighs> well, that is a more philosophical question than I can answer typically, but... She has sent me to secure an agreement in which you induct more members into the Circle of the Moon immediately. Hmm. 
What is she offering in return? You've not seen the cat look uncomfortable before. <laughs> he looks really uncomfortable and starts starts fidgeting and kind of like pawing at his own feet and says, Name your price. Bring the thorns down. Go big or go home. I blink a lot and find a clear piece of ground to flop down on. That is unexpected. There are limits to what I can offer, Sable, so think clearly. We have a good working relationship. I would like to keep it, but please name your price. I would like to discuss this with my friends before I ah. make any deals. What are these limits? Hmm. Your request must be within the Fairy Queen's ability to grant. Your request must not damage her other projects. But this is extremely important. What are other projects? <laughs> I have been given a, a list of things that I cannot do, and I am not at liberty to discuss what they are, but you must understand how novel this situation is. I am being a terrible negotiator by giving you as much information as, as I am, but you... You simply must understand that this is so novel. I... She doesn't want me dead, right? The cat does not respond. She doesn't want the circle to end. <laughs> because if I die, the circle dies with me. The cat just stares at you in the unblinking way that cats do. And if the circle dies, something very big happens. I am led to believe that it could be quite small, but very big to the right person. Mm -hmm. I am listening, by the way, for the end of the murmuring of Tree. When that slows down, let me know. So because Tree is like a really long wind, like it, he's so slow at talking. Long-winded. He's long-winded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he produces wind yes. in a long way, yeah. okay, with every word. So that's a lengthy conversation. Yeah takes them a while to get through it so you can declare a stall or keep talking no i've got a couple of questions for him too before i do are the thorns actually in the fairy queen's power i mean hmm. did she create them could she remove them he looks at you and you can kind of see like a, a frustration on its face and he says i can't help but enjoy this a little bit i <laughs> am not able to answer the questions you ask, without achieving some sort of give and take. Mm. You could ask them in a different way, perhaps a less direct way, but I'm afraid these are questions I cannot answer. Can you tell me what agreement was broken that caused the thorns to rise? Whatever agreement was broken long predated my existence. Mm. There are things that I know that long predate my existence. I'm afraid that in my entire time alive upon this world, I have been running errands between the fairy world and the humans. And in my passing, this is not something I have ever learned. Would the fairy queen be willing to share knowledge with me? Yes, although I would have to spend time retrieving it. I understand that. Unless, of course, well, there are some ways in which the agreement's knowledge would simply be added to your mind. Would the Fairy Queen negotiate with me face-to-face? -face? Hmm. How old are you? I'm 16. No. Because I am too young. Correct. Rather, 
you would not be able to get to her. She would not grant you passage, because you are too young. Even now, when I can name my price. If the price you name is to go to the Fairy Queen's court, I am certain that that agreement would be accepted. Mm. But it would be quite difficult for you to ask for anything else. And I'm certain there are tastier prizes you have in mind. How are you finding your quarters, messenger? Are they taking care of you? They are exactly as they were when you left. Are you pleased? Hmm. Pleased enough. They are as specified. I'm sorry I'm not there to make them more pleasant. I hope you understand why I cannot be there. Hmm. You're afraid of Yennefer Varathy killing you? Or, before that, afraid of the 200 to 300 potential agents that the Fairy Queen had, who might wish to destroy me or my friends? I do not know what their intentions are with your friends. I think that we can go back now. It seems words are further apart for Tree. Very well. And he follows you at your heel. When he gets to the edge of the glade, he stops and casts a little growling noise out of his mouth, and again there's a rumble from the tree, and he walks into the glade. I'll kind of stop and, and blink for a second, then I'll say, If you're here, messenger, then we must not be on Lunari grounds anymore. Correct. Lunari have lost the grounds up to the edge of the thorns. I believe historically you are on Lady Miev's territory now. She enjoys no special treatment. Are there other fae nearby? A great number. Yeah. I imagine Sylpha has her lantern out, but it's been glowing since we've been in this glade. I mean, the tree itself is a fairy. The, the lantern is just on all the time now. At least we can see invisible pixies flying around, if there are such creatures. I assume that we can see... What language do I speak with Messenger? I mean, Messenger knows Sylvan in common, yeah. and that's it. So, one of those two. Okay. But we all speak Sylvan, correct? Well, Jessica doesn't. Jessica, by the way, is like prowling in circles, looking kind of pissy and hoping something jumps out of the thorns at her. She's so bored. Uh -huh. Oh, I'm sure. I'll say, Messenger, have you had a proper introduction to my friends? And I'm saying this in common. Messenger says, no, but I'm afraid I am not allowed to introduce myself. They can introduce themselves. Messenger, allow me to introduce you to Jalen Evans. Or is it now... Jalen doesn't say anything. Messenger nods. And to Silfa Nunari. Messenger nods. And the woman pacing over there is Jessica Evans. Hello, Jessica. And Jessica, like, turns and stares daggers at him. Uh, I said, Jessica, don't kill him, please. And she continues stomping around. <laughs> so Messenger has come to request that I add members to the circle. I bet he has. Of course it would benefit the Fairy Queen to have more members in the circle. What are the terms? I don't have terms yet. I'm still debating, in my own mind, that is. I'm open to thoughts, but I did have a few questions for our friend here, the Willow. I go up and I touch the tree and say, Do you mind if I ask you questions? It's what I'm here for. To be the memory of man. Are you all right? Did the one who came to kill Glindy, or any with him, hurt you? He did not recognize me as anything other than a tree. The brutish and stupid have that problem. I give a glance to Jalen. 
Jalen cocks her head to the side and says nothing. Do you, Tree, know the nature of the deal that was made and broken that brought the thorns about? Sadly, I do not. It must have been quite the agreement. It must have been. I suspect it predates me, and I am very, very old. Old enough to know Marigold? Actually, no. I only know of Marigold by reputation. She had left this world by the time that I was born. What is her reputation? I give the others a look like I'm going to explain. Marigold forged the original agreements that brought the trees to this world and created the Circle of the Moon before living an immortal existence in the Fae. I understand her to be a sort of legend now, a kind of bridge between your people and theirs. Mm. Did she have a human lineage? Do you know? I'm afraid everything I know about Marigold is legend. Tell us the legend, then. Hmm. I do not dabble in hearsay, and I must assure you that this legend was not told to me, but I did overhear it, and so I must assure you that it is perhaps untrue. The legend goes that Marigold worshipped the Fairy Queen, and was among the last of the humans who would do so. Legend has it she fell in love with the Queen, and together they lived in harmony in her kingdom in the Feywild. But that is where the legend ends, and I have never heard of her again. But she brought you about. She forged the agreements between the courts. The fairy courts? Between the courts? Yes. There are many courts. The two big ones, summer and winter, and then the numerous courts of the wild fay, as varied as the wild fay are. Summer, winter, and the fairy queen are in agreement that there should be a historian of sorts for your people, given your short lives and your difficulty remembering things over time. Hmm. Well, if we're denied access to our memories, as you were surrounded by thorns that most people cannot pass through, then whatever memories of past agreements you hold would be lost to our short lives, and therefore perhaps broken without knowledge of breaking anything. I understand the unfairness of your situation. Silpha Lunari. Unfortunately, I am a tree, and cannot move to right this injustice. But I can assure you, the letter of the law was never broken. I see. Do you know with certainty, tree, if the thorns themselves are a production of the breaking of an agreement? It would seem quite irrational for an entity with ownership over this land to make an agreement to create them, and very likely that they might be the result of a broken agreement. The only one in this kingdom who has ever had the authority to negotiate in a way that would defect all of its land would be your king. Mm -hmm. 
I looked to Sylpha and say that the king at the time was who? King Fenrir is still king. His agreements stand. He lives. Where? I do not have this information. I can simply tell you that when he dies, I'll know. And he is not dead. Jalen looks at Sylpha and Sable and says, we, we didn't know that, right? No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Sylpha's jaw is dropped and, and is <laughs> yeah. like... Uh, uh, over 80 years have passed since the rise of the Thorns. Was King Fenrir a mage? King Fenrir, to my knowledge, has a few things that could be keeping him alive. But I do not believe his magic would be one of them. Uh, okay, Sylpha, Sable, where where would he be? I mean, we've got the castle, the the crypt, the the cottage. I look to the other two and say, "Have you already asked about accessing the Feywilds?" We have. It's tree. The king of Fenrir wouldn't be one of the targets given to the Hound, would it? The king of Fenrir is not an enemy of the Fairy Queen, to my knowledge. He was her greatest ally for many decades. Did you ask about Lord Mason? Yes. <laughs> or, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Messenger, how much of what you overhear is brought back to the Fairy Queen? Everything? Does she have access to everything? No. She has to purposefully get it. I am frequently below her notice. That's why I was able to handle our little arrangements regarding getting those folks out of the thorns. I see. I, I cannot make such a momentous decision quickly, Messenger. I hope you understand that. And I cannot guarantee that the offer will stand indefinitely. I understand that. But I can wait here... Under the shadow of the willow, we can make our agreement in its gaze. Willow, is it, were we to stay here at night, would the creatures in the thorns leave us alone? Do they leave your glade alone? They can enter or exit the same as you can, but no fey creature would come in without asking permission, and no fey creature would start a fight, not in violation of hospitality. Mm. I look back to my friends and say, what do I ask for? It's the mid-roll, and that means it's time for Fairy Facts. Alp Luatra is an Irish fairy, also known as Just Havers, or a joint eater. These creatures rest invisibly behind a person and eat half of their food. If that goes well and the person falls asleep outside, they turn into a newt and slip down their throat to eat all their food. It can then live there and eat up anything the person eats, growing larger and wriggling around. Eating newts in particular is a really bad choice. Victims of the Alpuacha report cramps and pain and they eat and eat without ever getting a pound. The magic of the Alpuacha gives it a mystical invisible glamour that prevents doctors from detecting the creature. Long-term victims would die of starvation. It's possible these creatures are folklore explanations for a host of real-world medical issues that include tapeworms, thyroid disease, or even type 1 diabetes. The folk wisdom goes, the trick to ridding yourself of this creature is to eat large amounts of salt and meat without drinking anything and to fall asleep beside a stream. 
the now oversalted and very thirsty creature will climb out and go to the stream. So, you heard it here first, folks. Eat lots of jerky, don't go camping, and whatever you do, do not eat a newt. Jalen glances at Messenger and then glances back and says, I think you should ask for three days to think about it. If she asks for three days to think about making an agreement, that itself would be an agreement, so... Then I would announce that you'll readdress it in three days. Don't ask for shit. The cat sort of hunkers down on its haunches and looks a little disappointed flops its head down on its paws. I kind of motion them to me. Jayla will say, Sable, do you have an upper hand here? Is this, are you in a... That's why I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm motioning you to the other side of the glade from the cat. Yeah. And I'll say, here's the situation. And I'm saying this whispering, but yeah. I'm going to say it out loud so that people can hear it. He came to me and stated outright, name your price. As I understand it, this may be a, a first. And only. I do not want to waste such an opportunity. No. I, I know that the thorns are created by the breaking of a curse, and I do not know if the Fairy Queen can actually remove them. I don't think she can. I know that he won't let me into the wilds, or that she won't at this moment because I'm too young. I would assume that you are at least, Jalen, as well. There is so much I could ask in exchange for finding just one or two. Sable, how valuable is this to you? Do you want to bring more people into the circle? It suggests that you have enormous leverage in your position now, and I think you should try to maintain it. Agreed. If she's desperate enough for you to let you name your terms, then you have her against a wall right now. Why change it? Seems like you have a measure protecting you for being the only member. Why give that up? I am still uncertain what would happen should the circle dissolve completely. Yeah, and it seems like she's... And there are, it seems, plenty of people willing to take my life. Yeah, it seems like she's willing to retaliate for that free of charge, if what happened to Wu is any indication. If that comes from her, I didn't ask. Exactly. She's going to protect you, Sable, without your having to agree to anything. That doesn't mean that others won't get to me. And if I die, what happens to this kingdom? If it angers her, if it hurts her, what happens to everyone else? I don't have an answer for that, but it just seems like you're in an advantage now, and she's desperate to not have you at that advantage. And I wouldn't take her up on it, if I were you. I look to Silpha. I concur. And at the very least, with an offer this big, I think you should take some time to think about it. Well, of course. But at face value, I don't know why you would do anything right now. Sable closes her eyes and just takes two or three long breaths. And she looks back at Messenger and she says, One day, a night, and a day again, I need that, at least, to think. I would... Very much like to talk to Whistles in the meantime, but he, I don't think, is allowed around me. Messenger lets out a big puff of air and says, I will wait here for the time you've specified. 
I do not control whistles. And he has agreements that he must abide by. Mm. If all this is the case, then why am I still her enemy? The queen, as I understand her, cannot break the letter of the law. You are the enemy because you did something for which everyone must be named an enemy, and you have not yet requested that it be removed. Well, I request it. Hmm. And what do you offer for this favor? I offer my continued existence for these twenty-four hours. You cannot guarantee your continued existence for any amount of time, Sable. I can guarantee that it... I can guarantee I will not do anything to myself in the next 24 hours. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can assure you that I will do nothing. He says, uh, if you are willing to sit here with me for that entire time, then I could take that agreement. But I'm guessing you're not going to sit here. I think it's lovely here. Besides, it will give us an opportunity to know one another. If you are going to sit here for 24 hours with me to ensure your continued existence, then I would remove your status as an enemy of the Fairy Queen. I look to Jalen and I say, how urgent is it that we stop Kylan? Well, he has a very large head start on us, and I have no idea what's waiting for him, or by extension us, at the crypt. I don't want to run into him right now, because he's under an obligation to attack all of us still. And if I run into him with you, he's going to attack you. But if we could waylay him... You know, I could come in handy here, the cat says. If you were both to be inducted into the Circle of the Moon, I'm sure we could come to some agreement in which perhaps... Jalen leans forward and says, I'm sorry, are you talking to me? Uh... No, no. I'm speaking to Sable. If, perhaps... And he, he coughs up a massive hairball. <laughs> and Jalen goes, fucking charming. Because he just did something he wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> just a huge hairball. And then he's, he says, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Sable, if you wanted to perhaps make an agreement on your friend's behalf and join them into your circle, this could be the moment we solve several of these problems. I would not like my friend to make any agreement on my behalf, nor feel pressured to do so. Furthermore, it's my understanding that induction into the circle requires information about the Masons, and I would not like to see any of that information lead to the harm of any of my friends who are Masons. I'm afraid I cannot respond to you, Silphalunari, but Sable, all things are negotiable. <clears throat> I don't think you can induct the unwilling. I can't induct anyone. You can induct anyone you choose. Must they be human? That is not a requirement. How important is it that we stop him, Jalen? Sable, I don't know. We only know who one of his targets was. I don't know who the other two are. I don't know whether... We need to talk to them first. I don't know whether we're going to want them dead, too. I, I don't know. Do you know, Messenger? I have never spoken to this Kylan. I think... The Queen has sent him. Because of the deal he made for me to protect me from lycanthropy, he is essentially the Queen's personal assassin. A role called the Hound. Messenger, could you guess at who the Hound would go after? Hmm. <laughs> Whistles could, but I cannot. He's headed towards the crypt, my th I think. 
I have never been to the crypt. Oh. But do you know who's there? I have processed no agreements in relation to the crypt. I'm afraid I don't know who's there. You said waylay him, Sable. Mm-hmm. Do you have a way in mind? What would stop him? What would get him going in a different direction? I mean, would he come if you were in danger? No, I don't think so. Because he would be another danger coming in on top of whatever that is. He might he might go home if he got a message about some emergency there, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he would or not. But that's the only thing I can think of that might do it. Tree, are there any birds nesting in your branches? Yes. Well, I could send a bird. That would be very clever. Leslie uses such means to communicate. That's true. He might think it came from Leslie. Help me then concoct, and that will buy us perhaps 24 hours. Possible. It'll buy us some time. It will also buy us some righteous wrath when he realizes it was a trick. Well, I'm far less worried about Kylan's wrath than I am about the Fairy Queen's. That's true. Can you help me create a very short message? Yeah, I think I can. You know him. Well, I know Lord Evans well enough to know, like, what cadence a message from him might take. So if if we're trying to trick him and make him believe it came from Leslie, care of Lord Evans. You know him best, so you should be the one to craft the message. It must be short. A dozen words, perhaps two at most. The actual limit is 25 words. So Jalen will think for a bit on greater and less lesser degrees of shitheadism she could pull on this. <laughs> she she comes up with the message. I mean, you were given a message like, don't come home, enemy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was cryptic as fuck. So we're going to represent the believability of this with a forgery check. So forgery in this edition is a proficiency tool. Uh-huh. So if you have forgery kit, among the things you are good at, you get to add your proficiency bonus. Otherwise, it's going to be an intelligence check. You have advantage because you are super duper familiar with all of the people you are forging. Because I don't think you're proficient with the forgery kit. I got a 17. Okay, not bad. Very believable. The, the other roll was a 1, so I'm really glad you gave me advantage on that. Yeah. Okay, so this is what the message says. Kylan, return home. Champions stage a coup to take over all the houses. Desperately need your help. Jacob. Okay. <sighs> Because, right. because go big or go home. Go big or go home. Go big and go home. <laughs> All right. So she sends that off. We got to give it a little time to get to him. Jalen says, I, I'd kind of like to look around the hut, the, the burned hut. As would I. All right. We should do that. Roll me investigate. I got a 10. 15. Okay. A 16. You all know the following things are true. This hut was not very big. It was filled with some sort of natural shelving and a bed. The shelves were covered in glass vials full of red liquid. All of the glass vials are shattered. Somebody has sort of stomped on the remains on the ground. And then it was lit on fire and burned. Not the glass vials and whatnot, but the, the hut itself. Silpha and Sable, you can draw a couple of conclusions out of this. You know that the goal was just to destroy what was in the vials. The rest of the destruction looks like it was meant to kind of cover it up and add to the confusion. 
the vials was the thing that was really purposeful. All over the ground, there is this red liquid that has mostly seeped into the dirt, but hasn't dried. And chunks of what you assume is fruit that has kind of been squished into applesauce is in two colors, a, a dark purple and a sort of snowy white. And they're all sort of smashed and covered in dirt and dyed a little bit red. No intact ones. No, just chunks of glass. As we're investigating this, Silpha will say, uh, this red liquid, I presume a preservative of sorts, and whatever is remaining looks like fruit, which reminds me of what we took from the vault. The thing that I told you was a, well, one of the fruits is a panacea and the other is the deadliest poison. Looks like it's ruined now. They're all mixed together. Would Jessica want to be part of this investigation? Jessica can roll investigation. You know it's going to be a terrible roll. It is. She got a six. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's so bored. It's worth trying. She cuts her finger on some glass and gets pissed and stomps around screaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I send the bird off. Uh-huh. The bird goes off. Yikes. It flies northerly, almost directly towards the crypt. Yeah. I watch as long as I can. It disappears pretty quickly because of the whole yeah. tree line and thorns, but yeah. And then after we've investigated that, and I can tell that there's like nothing there of any use anymore, then I think Sable's going to go sit down at the base of tree and say, well, we can at least get one of us free of this enemy status fairly easily. I, I had thought of spending some time in the glade anyway. So you want to stay here while we go to the crypt? You're going to go to the crypt alone? No. I think that a poor idea. I thought perhaps you would go home? No, we're trying to draw Kylan off so that we can go to the crypt without running into him. Oh, well then, I could, should I return, keep this agreement, Messenger? Messenger says, I cannot promise the terms will be the same, but I will be waiting here for you. All right. Before we go, Sable, can we try something? What? She says, come here. And she goes to the place where we came into the glade, which is probably now well on its way to being thorns covered again, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's been a good hour. It's like half filled back in. Your giant golem is standing there looking unperturbed. Right. She's going to take out the little bag that she has the, the branches coiled up in, and she's going to separate out one seed. She's going to find, she's going to get one seed out, and then she's going to squat down and she's going to use a knife to dig a hole probably about six inches deep. It's probably not going to be all that deep. And then she's going to plunk the seed in there and put it over and pour some water over it and says, um, can you do that thing where you make a thing grow really fast? You know that uh, the thorns will choke it. That's what I want to see. You want to test whether this tree will die or whether this seedling will die. I want to test whether the thorns will choke this tree or whether they'll move off and give it a perfect 50-foot radius. I, I can see. It's a powerful spell mm -hmm. that we might want if we're going to the crypt. Well, I'm simply telling you that there will be a trade-off. We could do it when we get back. All right. I think that perhaps a wiser decision. And she didn't plant this, like, in the thorn line. She's, it's like it's still in the glade inside of the ring that the thorns are making around the tree. We'll expand our way out with treaty trees. Well, if it works, we could have a line of passage to the tree <laughs> via its children. Mm. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> I like it. What, it. what it depends on is whether the tree's children are fairy trees as well. By nature, yeah. By their very nature. Or if they're just willow trees. So that's what she wants to find out. All yeah, right. but it would make the tree so happy to be able to see its babies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And be able to talk to its children. Okay. Okay. So we need to go to the northwest, to the crypt. Okay. I'll return, messenger. The cat simply huffs. <laughs> Jalen chuckles because she kind of gets some satisfaction out of pissing it off. <laughs> Shall we send a message that we've achieved our first objective and are moving to the second because it may be under threat? Yeah, that, that might be a good idea. We might be out here past evening, like we might not get back tonight. It would probably be good to send word about that. I would like people not to worry. Do you want me to send another messenger? Or do you have a means? If you are willing. If you could call to something that could deliver a message to a person you describe, I could attach a note to it. It is just as easy for me to send a message with it. What would you like to say? I'll call another weird bird down. <laughs> <laughs> a weird bird-bat hybrid. This one looks like it started off as a chicken, but damn can it fly now. Okay. <laughs> I pet it. Sulfa's message says something like, Miev, first objective met. Safe. Headed to second. Under threat. Check. Message goes out. No problem. That was me throwing it up in the air. Fly, chicken! Oh, wow, it really can fly. Look at that. <laughs> Add to that. Out late. Back later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't wait up. Then I will again turn into a weasel and head northwesterly. Give me survival. Okay. Oh, I rolled an 18. It is a 25 altogether. Okay, 25. Nice. You find a little creek that sort of doesn't have thorns growing in it, creating this sort of natural cut through the thorn line. Probably a natural game trail. A couple game trails seem to come together, and there's a big weighted net ready to fall on something that disturbs the earth through this stream. Oh, a trap. And it's it's a big-ass net, and it looks like it's up there pretty recently, like fairly fresh. Mm. It's a trap. Mm. Well, Glindy did catch shifters, we were told. This could have been one of her yeah. shifter traps. There's nothing that I can do to tell them that there's a trap ahead, but I can certainly wait until they make a part in the thorns so that I can see them, and then walk the line of the trap like a couple of times, and hope that they notice. Okay. I am going back and forth, you know, squeaking and pointing in them in a particular direction. Silpha, give me an insight roll. Just, and this is really not because, like, it, it will work. It's just a question of how efficient yeah. it is. I rolled a three, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> and I get plus three for insight, so that's a six. It's extremely inefficient. You try to convince her she's not getting it, the thorns golem ends up kind of stomping around it in a big circle. It, it takes way longer than you would expect it. Yeah, I, I like, I climb up on the freaking golem <laughs> and stomp my feet. Well, we, well, we do it, we do it <laughs> like the pause, right? Like the, the pause signal. Yeah. <laughs> it takes longer to work than you'd want. But eventually they see the net. Eventually they do see the net and eventually you get around it, at which point you hear a, like a bird call and then a responding bird call and... Sable, roll me nature. Silpha has nature as a skill as well. Silpha, you can also roll nature. I rolled a 14. 
Okay. I rolled a 9 plus 7, which is, yeah, 16. I was too busy going, pause! 16. So, Sable, there's something off about these bird calls. Silpha, those are not bird calls. They are fake. Something is circling you and coordinating. Whippoorwill, whippoorwill. Silpha! Yeah, I definitely pause and tilt my head. And about this time, Silpha, like, stops in her tracks and looks towards Jalen and is like, there's something weird afoot. Something is... That's not bird calls. That's something making the sound of bird calls, like a trap. Mm. Little weasel head goes nod, 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 nod. <laughs> Jalen looks up at the net. And she, is there is there like a fine traps thing here where she can try to figure out how it works or what it's what it does? It's obviously not hidden very well. Like it's a mindless animal is supposed to stomp into this thing. It's not hidden like it's supposed to catch a person. So, I mean, you can see exactly how it works. There's a rope that goes up and down and grabs onto this little branch that's pulled over. And if the branch is disturbed, the rope is loosed. The, the whole thing falls. Okay. You get it implicitly. So is it such a thing like if she cuts the rope, the thing will go up? It will definitely fall if you cut the rope. Okay, so she's going to say, uh, well, I can trip this thing and we can see what comes looking. Do you think we should have Muriel burn it? We are not. Oh, God, I can't say anything. Squeak, 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 squeak. Never mind. Squeak, squeak! <laughs> I, like, run up on top of the golem again and kind of tilt my head looking at you like, what? Like, we're sneaky. <laughs> well, we're not exactly sneaky. I think they know Muriel's we're here. not sneaky. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, if, if we trip the trap, they'll think we got caught up in it and we can see what comes looking. I'm just going to sit up there on Muriel and wait, looking. I'm watching very carefully and sniffing around. So emerging from the thorn line behind you, about 30 feet, is Eelamis with two tail-whipping panthers. And stepping out into the thorn line from the other side is a woman with two tail-whipping panthers you've never seen before. She has big owl-feathered eyes that kind of come off of her face in like a big owl motif. And otherwise, they both look like hunters. They're wearing leathers. They've got bows. They appear to have a whole lot of, like, manacles and ropes. And they come out without their... Like, there's an arrow notched, but it's pointed at the ground. And Ielami says, Um, you're a long way from home. Yes, it looks like a lovely day for a stroll. <laughs> Jalen will take out one of her crossbows and she and in a similar fashion not point it at them, but just have it ready yeah i think jessica's like shit fairies and pulls both of her swords out and is pointing directly at them and Jalen will lower her arms and say just be ready she's like i'm oh i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> and she does the kind of like the like points at her eyes points at them <laughs> but she's holding two swords so she's like <laughs> <laughs> she does <laughs> she's proficient at it's looking scary and stabbing things so she does not stab her own eyes right. out with her rapier <laughs> while making this gesture weasel sable hisses and Elmi steps forward and says um you're not in a safe place at all <laughs> can i help you do i look to be in distress uh no but you very easily could be very soon why what, what? i'm trying not to be rude well, my friends and I are quite accustomed to danger, but I am very unfamiliar with this territory. 
Pray tell, what do you know of it? He looks over at the woman and the woman looks at him and then she sort of nods and takes a couple steps back into the thorn line and her cats turn and follow her and she's she's out of the visibility again. And he says, we're here looking for some lost shifters. We gather them up. The fairy queen pays a bounty, heals them up, gives them a job. Apparently, there was a fairy around here who kept a bunch of them, and they've been running wild. We're here to get them. This whole area is extremely dangerous, and you're making a lot of noise. Well, it seems that the fairy creature who kept these shifter pets was dispatched by an agent of the fairy queen. We'd hoped to talk to her, so her demise was quite unfortunate. Mm, Yes, well, uh, okay. Unfortunately, we're too busy to follow you or help, but I guess any points in a direction kind of to the northeast, it says, don't go any further that way. There's a giant quarry. Whatever this creature you're with is will fall in it. There's a lot of badly mutated insectoid creatures that are easily large enough to take this creature down, and he points at your golem. So I would not go that way. And then there's vicious plant creatures, and he points northwest towards the mason crypt. Over that way, they're not nearly as dangerous, but hard to spot in the thorns, so... Did he just say vicious plant creatures? He did. Okay. Uh, Very hard to spot in the thorns, so be extremely careful. The weasel's gonna go over and sniff at him. He smells like some kind of thick pine needle musk. Okay. That sort of rotates off this guy. So, Guyliner, Elamis, is a... He seems like an autumn-themed fairy, so he's elven-looking, with sort of auburn autumn hair, leaves sticking out of it, all of them kind of dried. And then he's wearing basically like kind of a goth makeup sort of face feature and dark clothes. The owl-eyed woman emerges from where the net was and says, it's all good. And he says, okay, Ozio, we're going to have to keep working. We're sorry to disturb you. And Jessica says, whoa, 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 whoa. And starts stomping up to him pretty pretty quickly. (laughs) Kaylin puts an arm out on her arm and it's like, Jessica. And she's like, oh no, I got this. I got this. Silpha actually does put herself between the Elamis and the angry Jessica Evans and says, oh, and hmm, thank you for the information and I'm sorry, where are my manners? I'm afraid I'm, I'm busy with a project so you won't see me at the East Cottage anytime soon, but I should introduce you to my friends. This is the Lady Jessica Evans, Jalen Evans. <laughs> she, don't don't introduce me. I'm a weasel. She pauses and to look at the weasel. She pauses. <laughs> oh, oh. A weasel. <laughs> the weasel has disappeared. Like as you as you start to introduce people, the weasel's like the weasel Merkwood. <laughs> Jessica stops up short by her shoulder and does the like, oh, you're lucky she's holding me back. <laughs> At this point, Sofa pauses and says, this is E. Elamis, my betrothed. Squeak! Say what? E. Elamis nods and says, oh good, your father finally filled you in. I was worried he never would. So, before I leave to head back to my duties, if you are free, perhaps next year, rather around your 19th birthday, I would love to have a conversation about our future together. Yep, yep. One year from now. One year from now. (laughs) Waiting with bated breath. He smiles, and Jessica says, 
betrothed? Damn it, why does everybody have a betrothed and not me? I think you will, Jessica. You just have to give it time. Yeah, right. She kind of stomps back over to the golem. And Elami says, yes, uh, well, off to work. Ozio, let's go. And they disappear into the grasses, leaving you alone. You can successfully navigate around all of their traps. There were actually quite a bit more. They have things designed to catch human-sized people, but they're not, like, hidden from smart creatures. So you can, like, they're, they're in pretty plain view. They're always covering kind of game trails. Your robot sort of succeeds in navigating around them. Sable, give me one more survival check. Okay. 18. 18. You are able to guide the group away from some kind of sinkhole-like things. So you realize you're getting a little close to the quarry when the ground's texture starts to change, and you turn direction and don't go near it, based on the fact that you know that's not great. And so you successfully arrive into a clearing. Okay. So the only indicator you have that you've arrived at this crypt is when the golem sort of smashes through this thorn line, and in the ice and frost and what you see in Iron Rot Gate, that gets exposed as it's sort of burning away these thorns. And the golem can easily step over it. It's a very small gate. Yeah, by the time they're there, I would have already come back and like been human yeah. inside. Yeah, so you know there's a gate. It looks like it wraps around the whole thing. Inside, there are headstones and stuff, so you have to be kind of careful, but it's all covered in thorns. You eventually get to a point where you can kind of see a little bit around the thorn wall because it starts to get sickly like the thorns start to get ill looking like withered and damaged they're in rough shape you can start to see them sort of slumping down instead of a nine foot tall thorns wall you end up with like a five foot tall thorns wall and you can see this big willow towering behind a two stone mausoleums one very clearly has the symbol of the mason family on it the other very clearly has a symbol of the Fenrir family on it, which you don't see very often because the whole Fenrir family was lost when the thorns came up. And something moves in the brush as bits of thorns seem to come alive and hurl thorns at you. Whoa. And that is where we will conclude our adventure today. Ah. <laughs> as angry plant creatures attack. And we leave it there. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. Will our heroes survive sentient thorns monsters? Do the thorns even work the same way here? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Name my price. 
Name your fucking price. I know the two things Sable wants to ask for. She made this sound big. <laughs> oh, dang.